time for the Tardy Tardis, the only Doctor Who podcast who, like Gandalf the Grey, arrives, or in our case, releases precisely when they mean to. Take that one in for a minute. My name is Mark Turcotte, and joining me as always, my kindergarten classmate, Mr. Chris Maselli. Chris, what's up, man? Run, you fools. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we got invited to, I think this is our second wedding on the Doctor it Who is. verse, yes. right? Yep. Um, but this one... <laughs> It's Big Donna, dude. Big Donna. Uh, I think I would have RSVP'd no to this one if, <laughs> if, if I was a friend of Don. If I knew what Don was really about, yeah, I, I don't think I would have went to this one. But I did. My my, I changed on her about halfway through mm-hmm. the episode. I started. I couldn't stand her in the beginning, but by the end, I I kind of had had a soft spot for yeah, Donna. Yeah, it feels for. Yep, you do. You definitely. Do. Yeah. Yep. Well, welcome here, everybody, here to the Tardy Tardis. Of course, we are a Doctor Who podcast with two guys who've never watched the show before. We have no clue what's going on, but we have, over these uh, past couple episodes, have been becoming Whovians here. Uh, so help us spread the word about the show. If you got some friends out there who are Doctor Who fans, go ahead and spread the word about the show. This week, or this episode, we are talking about The Runaway Bride, which actually is the second Christmas special. Chris, this mm-hmm. is the second Christmas special, so... The last Christmas special, that was really our first true introduction to David Tennant playing the Doctor. Here now, we got a full episode with him. Rose has since been gone. And this is yeah. now a, a new kind of temporary companion, I guess we could say, maybe in this episode. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. But let's start the show like we always do, where we kind of talk about our overall impressions and thoughts on this episode. So, Chris, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think of this episode? I guess kind of in everything we've seen so far. What are your thoughts about it? So it had to be a good show, seeing as it's the first episode right after Rose and her departure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so right off the bat, I think you know people are going to expect, or maybe people are just going to automatically assume like <clears throat> this episode is going to be bad, or I'm not going to like this episode. Rose isn't in it, and <clears throat> I think I maybe the first time I watched it, maybe I had like some missing Rose fatigue. I don't know, but I I I, I did like it. Um, and then this, I watched it three times total. The, the third time I watched it, I really liked this episode. Mm. I, I, I like it. Um, you know, when you get away from the Rose thing and they do have some callbacks to Rose, totally. which is was good. <clears throat> but, touching moment, touching callbacks yeah, to Rose. Yeah. But what I liked about it was how the, the episode starts and how it ends are it's, like, you go on like a really good journey. Cause you don't see the villain mm. in this until halfway through. You have no yeah. idea what's really going on. So um, I thought it was very well written, very well acted, uh, and just a great, a great Doctor Who episode. I really liked it. Yep. And even then, even when you do kind of find out who the villain is, there's even a little twist to it as well. Yeah. With Lance himself even yes. being kind of brought into the fold of that, and not you know having no clue. And then of course, you know, you go from hearing Donna just being this total total complete opposite of rose right i mean she yeah. is so just in the doctor's face and you know just just as as abrasive as she is but then once there's a turn with lance you immediately like feel bad for her. it's that's, like that's exactly oh what I wrote. god like, you feel <clears throat> terrible for her. Yeah. so yeah i think the, the writing dude this episode the writing on this was top notch and it, russell mm-hmm. t davies wrote this one too so um, you know, he seems to write Makes some sense. of the best episodes for sure. But yeah. let's jump in here, too, and we're going to give the uh, brief summary here that we do from Wikipedia. So here is a three-paragraph summary for the episode. So in this episode, the 10th Doctor is shocked 
when Donna Noble, in a wedding dress, appears within the TARDIS while in flight. The Doctor returns Donna to her wedding. At the reception, the Doctor determines that Donna must have absorbed a great deal of Huan particles that drew her to the TARDIS. The reception is attacked by robots dressed as Santa Claus, and the Doctor uses his sonic screwdriver to manipulate the sound system to destroy the Santas and discover something is controlling them remotely from space. Learning that Donna and her fiancé Lance work for a locksmith company owned by the Torchwood Institute, the Doctor asks Lance to take them there. Underneath the building, the doctor finds a long tunnel underneath the Thames barrier and a secret laboratory producing Huan, right? Huan, that's how you say that, right? Huan particles, along with a pit that leads to the center of the earth. Their presence brings forth the spider-like Empress of the Rachnas. The Empress, who had been hiding in hibernation at the edge of the universe, awoke and used the Torchwood Company to gain the equipment to make Huan particles. Lance reveals he was working for the Empress and purposely fed the Huan... He's saying Huan over and over. Huan particles to Donna by adding them to her coffee to help free the Empress's children. Donna and the Doctor escape, and the Empress decides to use Lance as a substitute, force-feeding him Huan particles and then throwing him into the pit. The Doctor takes Donna to his TARDIS and travels back billions of years to discover that an inert Rakdos ship became the core of the Earth as the planet formed around it. And the Empress is now trying to wake her children aboard the ship with the Huan particles. The Doctor and Donna return to the present as other Rachnas start emerging from the pit. And the Empress uses her ship to start firing on Earth. The Doctor attempts to offer a peaceful solution, but the Empress refuses. And the Doctor is then forced to remotely detonate explosive baubles used by Santas at the walls of the base. (laughs) Flooding the pit with the water from the Thames. The Doctor is prepared to die, but Donna urges him to escape with her just as the Empress teleports to her ship to try to escape. However, this was weakened, or this has weakened its defenses, and the ship is destroyed by the human forces. The Doctor offers Donna the opportunity to travel with him. She declines, but suggests that he needs a companion to keep his temperament in check. So where I say we- this. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think this is my favorite villain so far oh i think so yeah this is a cool looking villain the actress is great man like just she sold it and like just the way that she that just like throws out the and all that like oh my god man it, it's it's great you know it who she great. who she reminded me of she reminded me of like a villain you would have seen in the old power ranger show like, do you ever yeah, watch any of those old Power Rangers episodes? And like, because those shows were actually like Japanese. And whenever they would show the villains, they were always like, I want to say like, you know, just kind of put over English. So it was kind of like, you know, the the Japanese, like the Godzilla type thing. And she right. just the way she kind of acted and the way she looked, it just reminded me of that. I was, really? which is, which is not a bad thing. Like it's, right. it was great. Like, it's like, that is yeah. so Doctor Who just yeah. looks, looks good, but also has a little bit of cheese to it that I thought it was. It's great. Oh, it was great. And, what, and they, what they, a prosthetic too, man. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she didn't move. She just kind of like went up and down. She didn't move <laughs> yeah. around or anything like that. But um, yeah, and it was it was a tease because they don't really let you know there's a villain about halfway through. You think it's those Santa Claus guys again mm-hmm. with, with the trombones and things. Um, but then then even when you, you do see like a ship that looks it looks like a star but like made out of like a spider web. They still don't show her right away. And they don't really show her nope. until she teleports to earth where the room that doc, uh, the doctor's in. And I, it, dude, it, it just, it kind of caught me off guard, like how well it was put together. Yep. And yeah, man, I don't know who that actress is, but she Nailed sold it. it. 
she sold it, man. That was really, really cool. And I mean, obviously, so, I, think, I think we should start too talking about Donna, man. Like that, that I don't know, that actress, yeah. like she was just perfect for that role. <laughs> like I said, to have like literally almost a complete polar opposite of Rose. I mean, at first, right. Donna, you know, is scared, of course, when she first comes into the TARDIS, but then she just is immediately yelling, yelling at the yeah. doctor. And then she sees Rose's sweater, like, who's, who's is that? Like, where is she? You know, and then finally we get back to, you know, they go back to uh, Earth. And then even there, you know, kind of seeing her kind of peeking in and out of the TARDIS. And then finally they're going to find some money and she's just ready to go and yells at the doctor. She gets into the cab. Like she, all she cares about is getting married. But then we learn right. later on, like even when she tells a story about her and Lance getting engaged, the way she tells it and the way it actually happened, completely so different. And it's so Donna to like, yeah, of course she did. Of course she basically right. totally got, you know, Lance just to, to marry her. Even though really we find out the setup was for Lance to be giving her the coffee that had the, the Huan particles in it. Right. But either way, like that wasn't enough for Donna. Like, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. You're going to give me coffee. We're getting married. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. jumping to that right now. I love <laughs> that character is great. I hope we see her again. Um, which I, th- I, I think, think we, we do just going through right. some notes. I, yeah. I think, I think you do. I don't know when, <clears throat> but, um, and, and the doctor could, he, you know, he kind of threw out some jabs at her <laughs> yeah. in the beginning. Like you said, like she, gets teleported she's walking down the aisle and like you said like she just gets teleported and she lets out this like blood curdling scream and just gets teleported to the tardis and instantly like if you're if that happens to you if that happened to you or i we'd be like what the heck just happened she instantly goes into like crazy bride mode and just starts <laughs> yeah. like, yelling at him no idea where she is and you know there's just this weird guy who is is just confused and you're not you're just yelling at the top of your voice like bring me back um but then the doctor kind of throws he goes what's the name of the guy you're marrying and she's like and every time she mentions lance she just her demeanor completely changed like oh it's oh, lance. <laughs> and then like the doc the doctor's like uh you know feel bad for him or something yeah like what's he, there is a line like that that he says yeah it's great um i don't just yeah but but she like the first time you watch it she's annoying but the second time you watch it like there's some like charmed her like her trying to hail right. a cab just yelling oi hail a cab <laughs> all the time that, that's just, a great <laughs> scene too because like all the cabs like they you know first they see her in the dress and then what they yell like you're you're drunk or something they think she's drunk oh, like yeah. i love that she can't get a cab like nobody will, <laughs> nobody will do it for her yeah it's great. um let's see what i got so yeah I mean, the, the jacket thing or the 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 either the jacket or rose's jacket or rose's sweatshirt or whatever mm-hmm. it is that was kind of like the first callback to Rose, and 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 that was when Donna's like still raging because she didn't know what happened, and she you know she sees the the sweatshirt there, and she's like, oh, do you do this to all women? And then the doctor just changes. He's like, no, that's yep. that's somebody that I lost or something. How he yeah, says, he says, yeah, like I lost. So her. yeah, I wonder how long that's gonna go for, like callbacks to Rose. I don't know, but you know the the best one and the one that really kind of gave me the feels was when they finally make it back to the reception. And everybody's dancing and he kind of looks around and it flashes back to scenes of yes. him like picking Rose up and yeah. they weren't dancing, but it's just like him kind of picking her up. And it's like, man, like she really is still in him, you know, like he just can't, can't get her out of his mind. It's, it's crazy. Nope. Can't help nope. but feel bad for him for sure. Um, Which by the, 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 they went back to, yeah. When they finally go back down to earth. The wedding party still had the wedding reception. Oh, yeah. They just moved along like, man. <laughs> With or without Donna. Shows you how much they care about Donna, right? Exactly. They just move on like nothing. But <laughs> I want to go back to the scene when they finally get back to Earth on their way to the reception. And we see some 
kick-ass TARDIS action, man. There's a high-speed yeah, chase. Yeah. Donna's in the car just screaming. One of the best scenes is when her and, and the doctor are screaming back and forth with the window closed. He's yelling, roll down the window or open the door or whatever. And she's like, I can't do it. Um, yeah. He finally uses a sonic screwdriver to get the window down. But seeing the TARDIS, like, flying down the highway. Like, in action. I don't think it we've ever great. seen the TARDIS in action like that. No. And it looked good. It did. It looked pretty good, man. Like, so. Yep. And then you have those those kids watching. <laughs> yeah celebrating that she jumped from the taxi to the TARDIS. <laughs> but there's like just the way again, like the way she like gives delivers lines, like the TARDIS like catches up to the car and she just looks out the window and she goes, Santa's a robot. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Dude, the way she says it is just hysterical. I don't know why it's so funny. And that's great. Was what great. was, was um awesome that was another Rose callback too, because when he's saying jump, trust me. And she yes. says, is that what happened to her? Did she trust you or something like that? Yep. And, um, hmm. But the guy driving was the same guys from the other Christmas episode, right? Like the, the Santas. The robots. The robot Santas. But this time um, they're being remotely controlled, right? They are, yeah. Well, well and, they're and, under and, the control of the Rocknas, I guess. Right. And, and that's what, when, when the doctor is, mm. is flying the TARDIS right next to the car... He's like, I don't know why they need you, but the fact that they do, it's bad. So, like, you need to jump in here and we need to figure this out. So, yep. um, yeah, it just plays on that, like, mystery thing. You don't really know what's going on. And then at the wedding reception, uh, he gives her a ring. Like, the damn, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. And and he thinks, like, you know, that will block the signals. They won't know where you are. Well, like you said, like, it turns out they're being controlled by something else. And they show up at the reception. And... um kind of make the ornaments on the Christmas tree start exploding, but they don't hit anybody. <laughs> Christmas trees <laughs> no. kill everybody in, in Dr. Who land. Like Christmas trees are bad. Don't that's, if anything we've learned, do not put trees up. No Christmas trees up no. because Hey, this is 2020 where as we're recording this and who knows, like, you know, wouldn't yeah. surprise me if all the Christmas trees are going to come to life this year and just kill everybody. But um, it's cool how he kills the, the, uh, Santa Clauses. Remember, puts the sonic screwdriver yes, into, yep. into the, the DJ equipment right, just and just blares it. <laughs> you know what's funny too? I think this is one of the times, and we we get another glimpse to it later on. But I think the first time the doctor mentions it to her might be when they're on that rooftop after that chase, or or maybe was that after whatever that was after that chase. But Donna didn't see anything that's happened, like when the Daleks came. Oh. All that, like she, yeah. <laughs> where she was scuba diving at one time on vacation. Like I forget where she was the other time. It's like, how yeah. do you miss any of that? Even you know, even when these things were happening, even if you didn't see them with your own eyes, like for weeks, the news cycle would have been talking about yeah. all these things, right? You would come home and you would, and somebody would tell you, like, you you won't believe what you missed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's no, but I think I think that's her living in her own little world, totally oblivious to yep. things going on outside of herself but when they were up on that rooftop and they were and the doctor's trying to get information from her like why they're after her starts asking questions about um lance and he says something he goes because he i think or he goes he's not a bit overweight uh he goes is he is he's not he's not a bit overweight and with a zipper across his forehead is he yes uh, yeah and i'm like oh man that would have been <laughs> funny if lance is a slitheen that would have yep. been cool just uh, farting all again, the time <laughs> well he's a guy so i'm sure he's doing true that anyway. yeah that's true that's true <laughs> busting it yeah um 
But what is he? He says something about the TARDIS. Like he says it's digesting or it's recalibrating. And I, I don't know if it, I think in the beginning he was thinking something wrong was wrong with the TARDIS, but nothing was wrong with the TARDIS. Yeah, I think no. it was just, I think it was the, the, the Huron particles in Donna. And the way that he uh, explains it to her is like, he takes a coffee cup and a pen and he's like, this is the TARDIS and this is you. And the only other place there's Huron particles is on the TARDIS. He's in the TARDIS. Yeah, it's basically and, what fuels and, the TARDIS. And they basically like magnetized and you got sucked up into the TARDIS. Which, I, cool? I mean, I guess this comes later on in the episode, but let's talk about it now because we're kind of talking about these Huron particles. We learn mm -hmm. that the doctor's people were the ones that destroyed the particles, right? Yeah. And they're what power yes. the TARDIS. So my guess is because they're called the Time Lords, they basically wanted to have a monopoly on these Huon particles and not let anybody else travel through time like they do. So hmm. they destroyed it for everybody else to be able to have access to unless they have a TARDIS that has the particles. Okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking, man. Like when I, the, the yeah. minute he said that, my people, you know, my people destroyed it. And then here you have Torchwood trying to manufacture it themselves. Right, right. So right. then they would then have the power like the Time Lords, like the Doctor. Maybe then they could do their own thing and not have to worry about the Doctor. Yeah. That's kind of my, as, as like, that was my big pull away from this was like, okay. I, I because he does, she, she asked him, you know, are, 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 am I in danger with these right. things? Yep. And at first he's like, ah, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, of course. You're, you're fine. And then she's like, you know, level with me. And he's like, nah, they're, they're, they're pretty deadly. Yep. So it would make sense. Like if you put those in the hands, I mean, imagine that you put those things in the hands of humans. Like that's probably not good. Yeah. But is it, is it, <clears throat> So I, you, you might be onto something there. Like they're they're doing it maybe for the good of humanity, not because they're they're trying to monopolize it. Yeah, no. Uh, they're, they're it's because they know if it gets in the hands of the wrong people, that's that's dangerous stuff. So the only places that it can be are like within a TARDIS. That's could be. But then also, I mean, Torchwood. I mean, we're I'm still kind of hit or miss on Torchwood, man. Like you know, I think the the initial setup of Torchwood, what we know so far, was for the good of Earth. But in the same right. sense, you know, when we see like the, the, what was it? The demon pit, like that episode, not that we really knew those people were part of Torchwood, but their intent of going there, some of those people were there for power to ultimately yeah. be used for war. So Torchwood here in this case, knowing that the doctor is out there, because of course we know Torchwood knows about the doctor and the power he has, the only way to fight his power, not that they're necessarily trying to fight him, but it's like they want to be on even, even ground as well. So they need to create these Huon particles. So then they have the power to go out create alternate realities and change things like i don't know man so how, I, I think how, i think these did, particles are like the the almost everything here that's in all of this you think they're they're a bigger role than totally. we've really seen i think so i think i think this because yeah. it powers the tardis like what's strong we've seen so really we've seen them before going back to like bad wolf episode season one right isn't that kind of what rose yeah, probably like sucked a, the the yellowness yeah, yeah. i mean it's that same yeah. It's it, the way they present it to us. It's the same exact special effect. Yeah. And I was going to say like, how would, how would torch would even know about it if uh, the time Lords, you know, uh, destroyed them all. But if they're familiar with the TARDIS and they know what powers the TARDIS and they, somehow they, yeah, maybe somehow that's they how know. they know. Wow. Crazy. But stuff. what they're doing, it, they're putting it in, in like liquid form. Um, and he just, he has like a little vial. Yeah. And he kind of just like turns it a little bit and it just starts to react with her. So, Hmm. Mm. All right. Um, what about 
we 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 hear like the the big moment I think is when where is it here the doctor says where he's from yes Gallifrey um, he's from Gallifrey and as soon as he says the word the the Ragnos just like loses it yep and is like you killed my people and mm-hmm. like so it's like whoa like that's a big moment and I wonder like that I don't know. Do we I know? Almost what, wanted... Do we know why they killed the Rachnos? We don't really know why, other other than that, probably had something to do with the time no. war or something. Well, I don't I know. Mean, you you see her and and um, I think he says like they they they're born like starving, or she says that like it's not our fault. We're born starving, right? Which which everybody technically is like humans are born, <laughs> but they feed off of people. Right. And when they're born, they're probably born in a swarm. So it's like, not just like, yeah. Oh, one little baby coming out. It's like, I mean, right. we hear them coming up this from the center of the earth. like a shit right. ton of them. So um, I think it's just one of those things where the time Lords know that, you know, because of what they are and what they feed on, we have to destroy them. Hmm. Must be, I don't know, but just hearing the planet that he's from, uh, even knowing nothing about it, just knowing that he's from a planet. Yep. Because he says through this entire episode, like, I'm not Martian. Stop. He goes, yep. I'm not from Mars. So is and he... then we find out where he is from. Okay. What do you say? Okay. He's, it's Gallifrey. Is he Gallifreyan? Gallifreyides. Gallifreyan. Gallifreyides. Gallifreyan. Gallifreyan. San Diego. There you go. Um, I love the. Their... I... Go ahead. I was gonna say, I just hope we, you know, that's a little tidbit, but are we going to get a a backstory on that? I'm sure we will at some point. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna go to that planet? Are we gonna go to Gallifrey, like, yes. Yes. I, I wanna see what that's all about. Like I know it's like is the planet destroyed? I don't know if he said the planet is has he ever really said that? I know his all, people. All are he destroyed. says is he's the last of the time lords. Now that brings up the question is the people that live on Gallifrey, are they all time Lords or is a time Lord like a Jedi where like he could be a time Lord and, and essentially Donna could go through the process of becoming a time Lord. You know what I mean? He's just the last of them. You know what okay. I mean? Like, what does that mean? Is it, I don't know. Couldn't... Because this is not like his form right now is form he's taking. And he we even don't know says that she even says, are you an alien or something like that? Or are you he's human? Like, yeah. And he just says, well, you know, I choose to be here. I choose to look like this, something like that. He, he says something right. in this episode. Right. Um, I don't know. I want real quick about the Empress. I love before we see the Empress, you hear her voice and he's telling her to come out. And I love, yeah. there's a quote. He says, he says, only a madman talks to the air and you don't want to make me mad. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that Badass, man. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when she, so she shows up and, they start, you know, talking back and forth and you're kind of getting more information on the Rachnos and Lance bolts like you just see him. You think he's running away. Mm-hmm. And then when he shows up, he has like an axe and he's right behind the, the Rachnos. And you think like he's going to, you know, take her out. But he holds it over his head and then he just stops and they both laugh. And you're like, oh, Lance, you, mm. you Anakin Skywalker, you. And dude, he delivers a brutal roast. That's when you feel bad for her. That's when you feel bad for her. 
Well, he just says yeah. what, like all the different things that she does. He's tired of the trivia. He ma- mentions like yeah. Brad and Angelina, like all <laughs> that crap, like X Factor, all this stuff. And you're just like, God, man, like how yeah. mean could you possibly be? I know. And but this has been the plan. Like he's been putting those particles in her coffee for six months, I think he says. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what that's how long the relationship was. You know, she was begging him to marry her within weeks, probably. Yep. But he had to keep it going for that long. And I think it was just like, I've had enough, girl. <laughs> like Donna's Donna's a bit over the top. So I can <laughs> I can see where where he like he just wants to let it all out. But he went for the jugular. Mm. He, he mean, uh, straight up mean. He was brutal. brutal. He was brutal. Absolutely. And and so brutal when it comes time to kill one of them, the Rachnos felt bad for Donna and said, <laughs> you said some pretty mean things to her, so I'm going to cut you loose first to yep. go down the, the pit of death. And he did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think um, Donna even later on, doesn't she say like he deserved it? Like she's so pissed off that even like at the very end, she, you know, he says something about, oh, I'm sorry about Lance. And she says, oh, he deserved it. And then she's like, no, no. He really yeah, didn't. yeah. And she's yeah. bawling her eyes out because that's the point when the TARDIS comes in and like quickly grabs them, forms around them, they take off. That and was she's cool. crying. Like she's really crying. Like, yeah. In there. Um, yeah. The, the, one of the best scenes, and again, another t shirt I would love to have, is the Doctor, Donna, and Lance on Segways going down <laughs> just the doctor just on a segue the only thing that would have made it better is if he had a helmet on like i just wish they put just the doctor if like don if and lance wearing... didn't but just the doctor had a stupid little helmet on like a pink helmet what about been great what about that uh the helmet from the one episode when he's on the moped <laughs> yes. <Remember> that helmet? <laughs> the magpie episode yeah uh <clears throat> so let's get to kind of like the conclusion of this and the doctor, you know, he, he, what's he do? He, he tells that that's when he reveals where he's from, mm-hmm. uh, the planet that he's from they, Gallifrey. They go to the birth of the earth. And then, well, that's when they mean? do it. Like, that's when they go back up and she's bawling and he goes back yeah. 4.8 billion years or whatever it is. Right. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Like when, yeah. And then they kind of just go up to, like you said, like, he's like, that's the sun. Because it's it's shining bright like for the first time, and then yeah, you see like the Rachnos uh, ship come into the mix, and then everything just starts forming around it. So then he figures it out, but then he goes back and he like he he kind of walks up these steps, and he's kind of like at eye level with the Rachnos, and he's like, "I'm warning you." He's like, "This is your last chance, or um, it's all over for you." And he throws up some of the the ornaments and they kind of like blow everything up. Like you said, in the summary and just the water starts pouring down that hole and you just hear all of those like baby racknosses just like dying and just crying. Like then fire too starts freaking fire. (laughs) Yeah. And the doctor's just staring and he's not moving. Nope. And water is just like pouring down over him and he's just staring and let and the Rachnos is going crazy, like my babies, or however she's mm-hmm. like screaming it. And then you start feeling bad for her, like, oh, all right, dude, like, you know, enough, enough. And he's just letting it happen. And it wasn't until Donna was like, she speaks up, yeah, that's enough, he, where he kind of like snapped out of it. Like he was in a trance, he was just going to let that thing go. And that was a ruthless thing. I mean, that even leads into at the end when he wants her to come with him, he kind of puts that offer in there. And she's like, no, like, you, you scare me. 
And she brings that up. She said, the way you yeah. looked and like just stood there and didn't do anything. Like you were just yeah. straight up murdering all these creatures, even though like ultimately they were bad, but he just, it was almost like he was finding joy in it. You know, that he was just right. Had no feelings yeah, at all. No, that. not for that. Which then even shows brutal. you like, so then, you know, we know that, that his people killed all the Rachnos. Like what, why, like what was the reason? And, obviously I'm sure they had no remorse when they did it. They just let it fly Stood there and watched crazy. Man. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that definitely was pretty crazy. It's probably the most, uh, yeah. <laughs> evil. I think we've seen the doctor, which, Hey, the doctor, as we know, death follows him wherever he goes. You got Lance dying. You have all the rock Nas dying. Like that's yep. just a thing that, yep. that seems to happen. Um, yeah. I want to go back real quick. He, he gives a good comment about when the earth is being born. And he says that the human race just always finds a way to make sense out of the chaos, you know, and he's mentioning how there's all this dust and all that. And yet, you know, the human race finds a way to have weddings and have birthday parties and all that with all this chaos. Like that's, it seems like the doctor, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, like he's just fascinated with humans. Humans. Yeah. Like, what is that fascination? Like, why hasn't he murdered us? Like, why hasn't his people murdered humanity? Like, you know, they murdered the rock now. It's like nothing. Why not humans? We, we cause, even though, yeah, we do these mundane things in this chaos, we cause chaos a lot. And a lot of the problems yeah. he's fixing is our, our issues. Wouldn't it our be problems. easier for him to That's just true. be done with us? <laughs> with humans. I mean, really, as crazy true. as that sounds, like you think from his standpoint, like just be done with it and move on. But yeah, for some reason. I, I think in, in one aspect, that's that's definitely true. And another, I, he might think of us as just like simple creatures. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like all of this stuff is happening and uh, we're going to get together in a room and play music and jump around. You know, two people are going to be married. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> in the grand scheme of like the universe, that's nothing. That that means nothing. Right. But maybe that's why he's like so like enamored with with humans, because like to them, that's a big deal. We can make a big deal out of things like that. A, yeah. a wedding, a wedding is a life-altering like moment in time for two people, and for him, it's it's pro- it's meaningless because, like we say all the time, like he's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and weddings are 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 so far low on the totem, and I think that's like he yeah. they 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 like menial things like that. And, but at the same time, like you said, they can do a lot of damage, <laughs> like, <laughs> like being on, you know, the devil's doorstep. Literally. literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally. So that's a good point. I want to real quick talk about pockets. Okay. Yeah. Because multiple times the doctor is saying, he says, what, do you have money? Do you have a cell phone? No. Okay. She's like, you idiot. I have wearing a dress. But then we find out, you know, what does the doctor say? What, what's in his pocket that he pulls out? Is the yeah, remote, like control? The remote, remote control? The remote control that the, the Santas were using. And, you know, the fact, I think we learned that the doctor's pockets are like the TARDIS, where he can just put anything in. That's why he always has like a banana. Remember, he's, he's pulled bananas out of his pockets. Like, he just can shove shit in his pockets. It's crazy. What else is he keeping in there? Uh, man, he, he says it. He says uh, bigger on the inside. Yeah, I love it. Like, what else could be in the doctor's pockets? Oh, like, what God. are we going to see him pull out one of these times? Another TARDIS, maybe a yeah. mini TARDIS. <laughs> Crazy. That was funny. It definitely was funny. I thought that was funny when, uh, yeah, just pockets seem to be this running joke throughout the whole the whole episode. <laughs> um, I also was laughing too. One of the other scenes that had me cracking up was when the uh, Rockna ship comes in, 
and she's kind of over the city, you know, and, and this little yeah. girl just for no reason just looks as she points and goes, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's freaking what alien say? spaceship. It's not Christmas. <laughs> she says, I didn't see All she says, she just points and goes, it's Christmas. Is the, the little girl that's just screaming. The, the little girl that ends up just screaming. Yeah. is about to die. The, but it's like the ship comes in. Everybody kind of is looking like, oh, and she just goes, it's Christmas. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, yes. No, it's, like it's this giant thing in the sky. Be terrified. <laughs> and when it does start, like, this this laser beam is, like, <laughs> shooting the ground, slowly going towards her. It's such an Austin Powers moment. Like, she's <laughs> yeah. just standing there screaming and not moving at <gasps> all. <laughs> Which, speaking of screaming, David Tennant definitely has some good – Scream faces, like the yelling. I mean, we talked about the one with the window, but even like when he's running through, like, I don't know, just running around like in the in the scene where he's trying to uh, go up the ladder and all that, like just classic David Tennant screaming scenes. Yeah, a lot of good facial expressions in this one all around. Um, What else? I mean, she let's I mean, let's go back to or kind of go to the ending, I guess, because, of course, he does offer for her to Mm go. um, And when she says no. He's immediately like, okay. And he just like starts going. She's like, no, 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 no. Like come for dinner. But I just love how he's just like, okay. He's just like ready to (laughs) go. But he won't go have dinner. Like he says, I just got to grab something. And he's totally going to leave. And then she catches on. She's like, wait a minute. Even though though she's thick, she catches on and realizes like, (laughs) oh, you're not coming to dinner. Um, But I love that line she says to him. She says like, please find someone. And he's like, why? And she's like, because you need need someone to basically keep you in check. check. Yeah. And he kind of agrees with her. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? He kind of agrees with her. So. Someone to stop you. That's what she says. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. I give her credit for, for not going because she asked him, like, are you, are you always like this? And I think he kind of lies. He's like, oh, not all the time. And it's like, well, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't yeah. seen a time where, where, where you've been relaxed and really not doing anything. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, like you said, thing to be like, she's the total opposite of Rose. Rose saw that as like, yeah, I do want to do that. Uh, she, Rose would ask the question, or is it always like this? And it, didn't she ask that question? It's like, I think she was, is it always like this? And he, when it was Christopher Eccleston, said something to the effect of like, yeah, I think he did say, yeah. He may have, yeah. You might be right. And then, you know, she did the slow motion run into the TARDIS. <clears throat> but um, she's the opposite. She said, is it always like this? And he lied and said not all the time and she's like i don't believe you i think she yeah. said that. and uh she says i think it is said, i can't do it i can't do it um, crazy there is a, a quote too that was pretty good it was kind of right i think right before they do the um the water and all that and she says like doctor doctor what do we do and he says i make it up as i go yeah. i have a history for that or yes. something and it's like yeah i mean even though sometimes it seems like he has a plan now he's just he's always just rolling with it but yet yeah you know, he's smart enough he's able to kind of figure it all out i just i thought that was a great even um, like when, when he when he figured out what they were doing with the, the huron particles and figuring out like why they were using her because she's going to be a bride and when he re- like i love those scenes when he figures it out and he's like, oh, yes. And then he yeah. just like, does like these spin moves and he yep. just starts going off on like why she's, she's, you know, her, her how, how, is, how does he say like inside of her is like a, a raging whatever. Oh, yes. Of adrenaline and emotions. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, are, it's like a cocktail like, are, of everything. Right. He's like yep. you're primed for that. That's exactly why that they were pumping you full of these Hurons because your body is just loaded with just emotion right now. And it's yep. perfect for 
Mm-hmm. But when he figures stuff out, dude, I love that. Like th- those are the my favorite parts in in any of these episodes when it clicks for him. It like ba- going back to like the devil one when he figured it out with the devil one. Uh, why he was down there? I just love it. Like he's he's so good. Oh yeah, this in the face oh, of yeah. the devil, just like yelling yeah. at him, like telling it everything. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, yeah. here's a question then. So he does mention that that though the particles are in you, you're getting married, but that wasn't, as far as we know, the reason why she was chosen originally. Lance just gave her a cup of coffee. Like I don't think he planned six months from now I'm gonna be married to this woman. I, it, you know, if if we believe her story and kind of what they show us. Do you think yeah. that was the plan or was it just like, hey, I'm going to give this woman a cup of coffee for six months straight and we'll be fine. But it just happened that she's a crazy lunatic and wants to get married and then her emotions are going crazy and suddenly now we're getting married and it just is working out for the better. You know what I mean? Like, really, that's what we're kind of led to believe is that it was her idea to get married, not necessarily his. So all he was doing was the whole thing started with him just saying, okay, I need to give her a cup of coffee and every day feed her this cup of coffee. But then it turned into... The marriage and all that you hmm. think? Or is it maybe just, hey, maybe I'll kind of try to get with her a little bit and just the emotions of new love and kind of being in love might be enough. And then obviously she just took it to the extreme. Right. <laughs> just want to leave him alone? I don't know. Yeah, because like when did the, the Ragnos come into play with Lance is basically what you're asking. Initially, I think uh, right from the get-go, I would think. Right? From... Right but from when he gave have... the cup of coffee, that initial cup of coffee, he might. I thought I just assumed he was probably in bed. Maybe not. Maybe he. Maybe it was just a test that Torchwood was doing, and maybe Lance was somehow in on the uh, the test they were doing, and then the Rock Nos comes in, and I don't know. Like, how does that yeah. all work? It's good. Yeah. Hmm. Little, little hole there in the plot. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's true. Like, did he? Was he feeding her the coffee, like you said, because it was a Torchwood thing, and then the Rock Nos came in later on and was like. You know, I we I can utilize her, and then <clears throat> and and what did Lance say? Lance said he went with the the Ragnos's side because it promised almost to show- almost almost like a Doctor Who type of yeah, thing. right? To be like he was going to be the companion for the Ragnos, like show him right. the, the universe and all that. So he so he knew more about Torchwood than I think than we're kind of being led to believe. What what did they say? He was uh, personal. I mean, it's resources, right? Like human resources, but it was human resources is what it ends up being. Yeah. So, so I think he did know more, like he knew that floor was down there. Obviously there, there's a lot, I I think that be more behind Lance's story than what we're kind of led to believe. Um, Yeah. And I think he was just giving her the coffee because she was just a, like a temp or something like she, and they they were, if they're testing this out, they're going to test it on like, you know, a a lower level, quote unquote. She was just a secretary. Wasn't she just even that? I didn't know if she was that. I don't know. So <clears throat> I want to give a shout out no. to her friend Neeris. Cause number one, I think that name is hilarious. And Neeris just seems yeah. like she's a beep. <laughs> <laughs> and once Lance, I mean, when they, when they went on with the reception and she came in, Lance was getting down with Lance her. Lance was getting on, down on with some Neeris. Lance was uh, cutting a rug on, yep. on some Neeris. Say, come here, Lance, so. get Neeris. <laughs> Come on, come on over here and get near us. Get near me. Oh, man. That was good. It was an overall. Good episode. Yeah, I thought it was good. I hope we get to see Donna again. I don't know what uh, is going to be next. I, like I said, I think in the notes, we we do. I just don't know. Okay. So, um, Do we want to talk about the, I guess, coming on soon, coming up for the next season? Yeah, man. Like. I mean, it's I think we cool get stuff. to see our new uh, our new companion. And 
right? I like her. So looks good. Yep. It'd be good. We see the, uh, it looks to be like a crazy witch. We see a of, Dalek. Yeah. We see William Shakespeare. We see um I'm almost positive uh, we see like one of the cats again. We, Did we? I, a, yeah. We see the face of Bo again. We see the face of Bo. Did it have its um, baby? I don't know. It was pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> uh birth through the mouth i guess maybe i don't know, I don't know or through yeah. a little squid um, squid head but yeah like there's one of those like cat looking things that it's not like looks like the nurses but it's a male okay. and Here, there's also uh, like a rhino looking thing too wasn't there mm. like a big just like alien <clears throat> thing i don't know but the it's definitely sounds like the the i don't know his name the actor's name he was in harry potter like the one guy who he's got the weird eye in the one okay, Harry Potter yes, movie. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Um, he it definitely sounded like his voice. So it seems okay. like he's a character in one of the episodes. Um my 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 go-to for this Doctor Who, you know, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. She told me there is an episode in season three, it's a little bit later in the episode, which uh to this day still gives her nightmares. Oh, nice. Can't hear you. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I said, oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know when it is, but she said it's this season. Sweet. Yep. Yep. So the, and, yeah, uh, the next episode is called Voyage of the Damned. This will be that one. So I'm the first one to kick it all off. But let's get into some of this trivia, Chris. What do you got yeah. for this episode? So let's see. The concept and title had been considered by head writer Davies since the BBC Wales incarnation of the show was greenlit in 2003. It uh, had intended to be a series two episode, but after Russell learned with a uh, little warning from Jane Tranter, whoever that is, uh, at a BAFTA screening um, of the parting of the ways that not only would there be a 2005 Christmas special, but there would be a 2006 Christmas special as well. The bright episode was moved ahead to the Christmas plot and it took on, it says a quote, took on a whole new lease on life. Um, as a story following Billy Piper's departure mm. from her role as Rose Tyler, but before the new companion introduced at the start of the next season. The bride spot was replaced by Tooth and Claw, which in turn was bumped up from episode six to episode two. So this was wow. <clears throat> this was supposed to be in the mix. That's crazy. You know? and, and it completely changed. Like the, the, they had to completely maybe rewrite. They had to rewrite this. Totally. Yeah. Uh, once they found out Billy Piper was moving and moving on. So pretty crazy. And then so wait, so Billy Paul, Piper would have been in this episode then Rose would have been in this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I mean, it would have, it would have been completely different. Right. Been, oh yeah. Well, I don't know if it would have been completely, maybe it just I mean, would have went the same way and Rose just would have been there for it. Yeah. You know? Um, hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, a controversy occurred during the filming of this um, episode as guests at a hotel were awakened and frightened by gunfire and explosions during the filming uh, of one scene in the streets below, including one, uh, including one person who had just returned from a con the conflict in Israel. Ooh. So some PTSD, PTSD going on there. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, where is this? Oh, so those set at Christmas. This story was filmed in late July with an average temperature of 30 degrees centigrade. So I don't know what that translates into Fahrenheit, but I think it's probably in the 90s. Somewhere. 90s. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, David Tennant was quoted as saying he was, quote, blinking boiling during <laughs> filming. Blinking We're going to adopt that. Boiling. <laughs> so uh, August weather in upstate New York will be blinking boiling from now on. This podcast is blinking boiling, blinking. boy. <laughs> uh, We're the most blinking Tate. boiling Doctor Who podcast. That's what we are. <laughs> Catherine Tate was unable to attend the traditional first cast read through of the episode. Catherine Tate's Donna. Uh, David Tennant's then girlfriend and former guest star, Sophia Miles, who was the girl in the fireplace, ah. read the part of Donna for the table read. Kind of cool. David Tennant, uh, you slide on. Oh, yeah. In the DVD commentary, it is confirmed that a scene filmed but cut from the broadcast would have continued on from the Donna, from Donna pointing out a piece of Rose's clothing by showing the doctor... Uh, angrily throwing it through the open TARDIS doors into space. Hmm. So yeah, uh, executive producer Julie Gardner explained to David Tennant in the commentary that it was cut as being too melodramatic. The cut scene was not included with the other deleted scenes on the DVD release. So the doctor was going to throw that out? Yeah, I'm trying to... I mean, that's not in his character at all. Like, I'm glad they put that in there. Uh, Let's see. Would have continued on Donna pointing out a piece of the closet by showing the doctor... Oh yeah, so she throws it out. She throws it out the Donna door. Donna pointing out a piece of rose gold by showing the doctor. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right yeah, there, I think the doctor would have just drop kicked her out the door. Uh, yeah, I think everybody would just hated Donna. Yep. No matter what, I, I think <laughs> Lance's words would have held true if uh, if she did that. So, mm-hmm. um, the doctor referenced Gallifrey by name for the first time on screen since the of the series. The fake bank notes. So the doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to take money out of an ATM. And then there's another, you know, another later on in that scene when the Santa Claus, he kind of to distract them, just makes money fly out of an ATM, which ATMs cannot physically do that, by the way, only in the movies. Um, So the fake bank notes created for the episode featured the faces of David Tennant. And Phil Collinson, uh, the official Doctor Who Facebook page, later posted the images. So all the dollar bills have David Fenn. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Um, a new version of the Doctor Who logo was introduced in this episode. This is the first time the logo has changed without, without the title sequence changing with it, which I didn't notice that. I yeah, I didn't notice it either. Check it out. Or maybe in the next episode they'll have it. This is the first episode of the revived series to feature a completely different cast from the series opener, which I didn't think about that either. Like, yeah, I guess nobody is left. Nobody, yeah. And yeah. we said that at the end of the Rose one. They're all done. Yeah, it's true. They're all done. Um, this is cool. When the doctor is standing waiting for the cash machine, the shop Hendrix is nearby. Rose Tyler worked there when she met the doctor. Oh. Uh, signed for Hendrix is also on the taxi that the Roboform used to kidnap Donna. There you go. So another callback call back. to Rose. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> finally, Donna says, so <laughs> this seems to be like a running thing. Donna says, quote, she goes, St. Mary's, Haven Road, Chiswick, London, England, Earth, the solar system. When she enters the room, when they enter Pete's world, Mickey Smith says London, England, Earth. And when the 10th doctor comes 
out of the TARDIS on Pow- on the Powell estate. He says, London, Earth, the solar system. So it seems to be this thing where they just start naming <laughs> things around that. I've never really paid attention. I to never have either, man. That's awesome. So now I'm going to have to watch for that. It seems like they just list things like that are around them, huh. monuments or cities or whatever. Yeah. So it seems to be a thing. And then a big viewership for this one, 9.3 million. That's crazy. Watched this. Christ- uh, do the Christmas episodes, I think, you know, just everybody's home. Yeah. Everybody, that's just probably, yep. I'm sure now it probably has just become a thing. Like it's, because I mean, obviously they continue on with Christmas episodes. It's just a big yep. deal for people to watch them. Seems over to there. be. Seems to be. So hmm. that's it. All right. Excited well, to get on to season three. Yep. So we did. I mean, obviously we said, you know, usually this is when we would do the the next time on, but this time we kind of got the next season on. But the next episode mm-hmm. is called, uh, what was it, Voyage of the Damned. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's really all we know. I don't know anything about it just because we didn't really no. get a preview of it. So I'm, I'm interested sure. to see how he, you know, how, how she comes on board as the, yeah. the companion. I just want to see how that story mm-hmm. folds because i mean in this case like when i first watched this and, and i didn't know that she doesn't become the companion donna that like i was like oh okay this kind of makes sense you could see kind of a connection going there you know she is right. stark contrast to rose but by the end you're feeling for her a little bit it looks like the doctor's even kind of feeling for her, and then he offers for her to come with him and then she's just like nope yeah it's like okay yeah so i don't know what that says about donna what does that say about rose that she's just so easily was like oh yeah sure i want to do this every single day and she just like went along with it like that i gotta get away from mickey smith yeah <laughs> yeah that's what it was yeah <laughs> oh man but all right yeah. man well i think that's it <clears throat> two seasons in the books man yes it only took us uh well it only took us two seasons worth yeah. of episodes right because it's uh <laughs> it it's all did, it took yeah. us. <laughs> nobody knows but uh, yeah so we will be back with our next episode voyage of the damned be on the lookout for that and of course, again, if you do know anybody that is a Doctor Who fan, um, tell them about the show. We would love to get them to tune in, subscribe on all the services out there. Uh, however you listen to it, leave us a review if you can. And hey, even if you've been trying to get your friends into Doctor Who, tell them to start watching. Have them start listening to the show because it's a great way to kind of have them mm-hmm. come along with the journey as well um, as yeah. we go through this. So Chris, any any final words here you want to throw out before we wrap it up? No, man, I'm excited to this. This is a new chapter. You know what I mean? Like we are, we are roseless. And, roseless. Uh, it's gonna be a, a whole new, uh, whole new Doctor Who. Yep. We're excited. All right, everybody. Well, thank you here for tuning in, and until the next episode, make sure you got those Huon particles in your TARDIS. Because if you don't, you ain't going nowhere. We'll catch you <laughs> next time. Peace. <laughs>